Hello, good morning, happy Wednesday. Cheers to you, Zara. Cheers, good morning. <laughs> How you doing? Good, good. good I yeah. am doing really good this morning. I am not as sick, which is great. So hopefully I won't be as spacey as I was <laughs> last week. <laughs> but I am here, I'm alive. My house is getting cleaned right now, so it is good. That's awesome. Uh, how was your week business-wise last week? Uh, it was busy. It was yeah. really busy. And I'm a little behind on things purely <laughs> because I was sick. And I actually had to take a couple of days off because I physically like could not get off the couch. Like mm -hmm. it, it was just terrible. Uh, so, yeah, it's. It's way better now. I feel more human. How about you? <laughs> feel more human. That's a good way to feel. I had a good week too. Uh, my wife has been helping me out a ton with um, business stuff. And so we've made a lot of progress. There's still a ton of work to do. But um, I feel good about the direction that things are going. And that's really exciting. So yeah, it was a really good week, week for us as well. All right, let's see if we got anybody joining us in the chat. And while we're doing that, Zara, you should tell us what we're going to be talking about today. So we are going to talk and go through how to identify your ideal client. And there's a lot of reasons why knowing who you're marketing to is really important. But the biggest one to me is that it's going to make you happier which in turn is going to have you provide a better service for your client, which in turn is going to have you get into that relationship marketing where like they love you, you love them. So they're going to send more people that are like them to you. And overall, when you are happy doing whatever it is you are doing, you're going to put out better work. And so we need to get to that ideal client to be able to put up better work, to be able to attract more people like them, which will all result in more money. So that's what we're gonna talk about today and try to figure out who you know our ideal clients are and how to find them and where to get to them. Um, and then next week we'll go into actually building a marketing plan to get these ideal clients in the door. All right. We should probably though check in on progress from last week because we actually did challenge everybody last week to act on the advice that uh, right. that you were giving. So um, if you are hanging out in the chat and you did what we challenged you to do last week, what was the challenge last week, by the way? Do you want to remind everybody? Yeah. So the challenge last week was to identify three people in your local area, three people, three businesses, three somethings. Um, that will lead you to booking more business. Uh, so my mine was to my big one out of the three um, for anyone who caught my live a couple of days ago was to work with a couple of the vendors that have reached out to me and I've reached out to them um, to set up bigger partnerships, which will result in you know me getting more clients and such and such. So I've been putting together, I don't have it completely done, but I've been putting together a new media kit. So that was mine. Um, mm -hmm. And I know some people have put out some other things. So who's who's done what? Uh, it, so if you've done something, let us know in the chat. Uh, reporting back to the group earlier this week, we had Steve who uh, did two things. 
Uh, and he was going to work on a third, but we haven't heard back, so we don't know how that went. But he set up a Facebook ad to try to promote his business. That's not as much in-person marketing, but it's it, you know it's still a step in the right direction. Uh, the other two things were were much more exciting. Number one, he created a collaboration group with a friend uh, to work together to try to develop their portfolios. So I'm excited to see how that develops for Steve. And then he also said he was going to try to get out there and do some more networking. But again, we're not sure uh, how that resulted. So Steve, if you are going to pop into the chat at any point, let us know how that went. And then we also had Frank report back to the group. And Frank said, Frank did some really excellent work. He networked with the teacher at a local school about doing a portfolio shoot. And he also connected with a real estate business person who gave him some advice, invited Frank to a networking group, and offered to refer Frank headshot work. Right? Which like, is amazing. Yeah. Like, that, just one connection, right? Exactly. Like, absolutely amazing. And then he also made a connection with a model on Facebook, and he was going to try to set up a portfolio shoot with her uh, or him. And I don't know, we don't know how that went, but... It's still, it's all, that's really, really excellent work. Right. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really, We're really proud amazing. of you, Frank. Yeah, yeah, and Steve, and everybody else who did get a chance to go out there and, and work on this and try to take steps towards uh, building those relationships. Lindy said she didn't get out last week. Um, okay. And so if you didn't, like, it's not, a, I think a lot of people think that, like, it's a do or die. I right. mean, the sooner you get it done, the better it is. Mm -hmm. Um, but just because you didn't get it done last week doesn't mean you can't do it this week. Like life happens. I was, I was literally like on my couch for two days straight <laughs> trying to like not puke my guts out. <laughs> um, so, you know, life happens where we all have things going on. So just because it didn't get done, like you didn't fail, like just get out and do it this week. Right, right. Exactly. Like every day is a new opportunity to act on these things. And absolutely. Yeah. We challenge you because we want you to uh, to act on this stuff and putting a deadline on it can help people. But not right. making that deadline, definitely not a failure. <clears throat> oh, we got another report in in the chat. Uh, Drew said, on my woodworking side, I was able to get a new project with an existing client and was able to get two new prospective clients currently working on designs for them. And then the final piece is that I've con connected with a new vendor to help supply with the things that I can't make myself. Nice. That's that fantastic. is amazing. Yeah. Excellent See, work, and that's, Drew. I think Drew is a really good example of like the things that we talk about here isn't just like for photography. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously our fortes are in photography and building this kind of a business, but it can be applied towards any business, like whether you have a brick and mortar ice cream shop or you're a pet groomer or, you know, you have a woodworking thing going on, like the concepts here are basic, like good business practices versus yes. being specific to photography. Obviously, the examples will probably be more photography because that's our experience. Right. But overall, it can be applied to whatever. Right, right. All right, so we've been building on networking, and we should go ahead and get to the main topic for this week, which is identifying your ideal client. So um, before we start, should you and I share, like, the picture we have of our ideal clients right now? Um, I think sure. you have a much more developed idea of what your <laughs> ideal client is than I do. 
mine ha- mine has been in the works for a long time, and it's different for each aspect of my business, right? Because like mm-hmm. I'm targeting, I'm targeting different people in the different parts of my business, and so um, they're all they're all slightly different. However, um, it is I do have a very clear idea. So yeah, okay. I can I can definitely share. Pick pick which aspect of my business you want a client. Okay, but before before I do that, I just want to also say for those of you who are joining us live, um, in the chat, share what your current picture is of your ideal client. It can be as detailed or as not, depending upon what you have, because this is our starting point, and then we're going to go through the uh, the material today and re- you know respond to what you guys have to share and questions you have on that to hopefully help you develop that into something that's going to be really helpful to you. So um, I would say with yours, let's pick um, your, let's go with with your kind of core uh, photography business, which is your boudoir. Okay. So my ideal client is somewhere in the ages of 26, 25 to 26 to about 60 is the range. Um, I personally prefer clients who are mid thirties to about 55. It seems like that's my sweet spot of where I connect with them the most. Um, they typically are moms with older kids. Um, I do have some obviously with younger, but typically their kids are either teenagers or out of the house. Um, they have established careers. Uh, typically working in some kind of an office, high-powered environment, even though lately it has been leaning more towards small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, They are very into taking care of themselves. So they go to the gym. They have standing appointments at like nail salons, hair salons. Um, They are always well put together. Um, Typically, they have an income in the six figures however they are very cautious of where they spend money they really know what they value what they want so they are very stingy in a sense with their money because they want to make investments and good make good decisions with their money so when they're coming to me they know it's an investment um and there's someone who is typically doing this for themselves Um, While a lot of people who attract boudoir clients are people who have like young brides or anniversary gifts or things like that where the album is for someone else, my client is typically the one who's doing it for herself because she wants to. Um, Whether it's celebrating like a weight loss milestone or a work achievement or just they want to document what they look like. Um, And they don't necessarily always want like sexy images. They want beautiful images of themselves. Um, My client typically shops at Nordstrom's um, and things like that. So Nordstrom's are boutiques. Um, They typically own a luxury vehicle. Um, It's not always, but typically they do. Um, They vacation one to two times a year. Uh, They're well-traveled typically. Um, And I like clients who are really aware of who they are and what they want in life. And so I tend to attract those people because then I go out and look for them in my community. And once you get in with one or two, they will send more people to you. And when I am working with my ideal client, the images I produce are way better than when I'm not. That's a, that's a really interesting tidbit right there. 
And I a, think a great example of that is so this the wedding that I just did in Canada, the elopement. I have done both of the brothers' weddings. So the older brother got married last year, and they flew me out to St. Louis to photograph his wedding. But they weren't my ideal client. The bride and the groom were not my ideal client. Um, I did it as a favor to my friend. They, they're super nice people, great family, but they're not my ideal client. I did not click with them. And so the images from that wedding, I, I haven't posted anywhere purely because I don't think I did my best work even though I, I know how to photograph, I know how to light, I know how to pose, those images don't speak to me or to the clients that I want to attract versus the brother, the younger brother's wedding, you know, will be all over the place. Like you guys have already seen the images or some of the images from it because like that is some of my best work mm -hmm. because my heart was in it versus the other one. And I mean, Again, same family, right? So right, right. There's there's a difference in when you work with someone that you actually like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Okay, I have like far less detail on my ideal client, uh, but before I do share that, real quick, I want to. Uh, my wife also added uh, a success in the chat, so I wanted to share that real quick as well. And she said, with my book reviewing, I had an author let me know she's going to be quoting me on the back of her next book, and I'll be listed as a national reviewer and author. And she says, I was super excited when she contacted me with this news. That is awesome. Congratulations, Kim. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I was so excited when she showed, that, showed me that message, too. I thought that was awesome. That is really cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, for me, for my ideal client, I, uh, I haven't done any sort of quote unquote work to to build that uh, picture of a client. Instead, what I've done is looked at the clients that I've attracted. Uh, and, and, and what I'm talking about here is my um, educational business. So this is my photography education, the courses that I sell, and, and YouTube, which is a, an extension of that. And what I have found is, demographically speaking, uh, my, my clients tend to skew male although I do have a uh, female in there as well. And they tend to skew between like 35 and 65 uh, is the largest age group that I end up working with. Um, and that's kind of all I know about them. Obviously, they're excited about photography. Uh, they are a beginner in photography and they're very excited and enthusiastic about learning photography. Uh, and, and like that's kind of all I have. Okay. You know, which is something, but obviously I'm lacking a lot of detail, the kind of detail that you provided with yours. We can work on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we probably should. <laughs> so to that end, uh, where do we start? Okay, so I think that the initial thing is figuring out why you want to. Kind of like going back to what I said before is, why is it important for you to have your ideal client avatar, right? You want to make sure that you are connecting with them so that you can provide them the best service so that you are happy with doing what you want. Because let's be honest, like none of us got into business for ourselves to be miserable. 
Right. Like we got into business for ourselves to have the flexibility of doing what we want and what we love. But I think what ends up happening with a lot of us, and I was the same way, is like we get into this business and we think it's going to be really great and we're going to have so much fun. And then we realize that only about 10% of what we do is actually fun. Like the rest of it is work. And if we're not working with the right people, then we start being resentful. And then if we're resentful, we're miserable. And then it's better to go back to working for someone else and be miserable from nine to five versus be miserable for 24 hours a day. Right. Um, so that's, that's my biggest reason for finding this ideal client. Plus it's going to make your marketing easier. You're going to know where to go, um, who to talk to, um, and you'll be able to connect with them better. Um, so then it goes back to the relationship marketing. Um, the very first thing that I would say that you need to do is sit down with no distractions. So put away your phone, put away your computer, put away absolutely any restrictions. Sit down with like a piece of paper and a pen and write out every detail you can think of, of who your ideal client is. And a lot of people will say, oh, well, like think of yourself, like you're your own ideal client. Well, I'm not my own ideal client. Um, so don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Answer questions such as gender, male or female. Are you which one are you wanting to work with? Age. Um, I know someone in the group had mentioned when I posted up, you know, who your ideal client is, or do you know who your ideal client is? They were like, "Well, I want to work with, um, you know, kids with disabilities." And I said, "Okay, but like, are you targeting the kids, or are you targeting the parents?" Right. Who's the so, actual client? who's the actual client so who do you need to get your message in front of so that you can actually pull in those kids so for example like someone who's a pet photographer are you going to be targeting <laughs> the cats and dogs no you're targeting people like me who are obsessed with their animals and who want you know formal portraits of their animals like that's who you're targeting um and so figuring out where they live what they do, how much money they make, what is their money mentality? Like what is their relationship with money? Because sometimes, for, for example, like some of my clients who come to me, they might not be in that six figure income, but because their money mentality is that they like to invest in things and they see value in it. I have people who are single parents or school teachers who are spending thousands of dollars with me because they value it. So what are their values? What do they do outside of work? Where do they spend their money? Do they spend their money on Starbucks or do they spend their money on investing? Do they spend their money on their kids or do they spend their money on fancy cars and expensive shoes? Like figure out those things. And I mean, there is a million questions. And if you guys um, go to the, the link that we're going to post into the chats, um, it is a worksheet that will identify your ideal client that'll take you through answering a bunch of questions. And I probably don't have as many questions in there as I could, but it'll give you a really good starting point of who your ideal client is and where to find them. Um, so we'll post that link. I'm posting uh, it right now. Perfect. That, and so you guys can click on that. It'll take you through. It's a PDF. You can print it out, sit, you know, sit, in a quiet corner and just fill it in uh, with pen and paper mm -hmm. and uh, find out who this client is. And then once you get to that point, once you can 
You have it I, all written down. Go ahead. I was just going to interject for a second and ask, like, how do you answer those questions? I think that's a, a, I mean, I know that's a question I'm asking for myself. So I'm sure a lot of people who are, are watching or listening are also wondering the same thing because just sitting there and with a, with a worksheet, I know I would be utterly overwhelmed trying to figure out the answer to those questions. So I always visualize, like I visualize the question, right? And then I visualize the person I'm talking about. So for example, I have the sheet pulled up right now and let me find something that, okay. So one of the questions on here is what do they do for a living? Mm -hmm. So for example, for me, I want people who are creative, who are self-employed, who maybe work with other people. So maybe they're in HR. I don't necessarily want engineers or people who are super sciencey mm -hmm. <laughs> because I don't, my brain doesn't work that way. And I know that I'm not going to be able to connect with them as well as I would connect with someone who's creative or someone who owns their own business. Um, so I start like get as detailed as possible. So for example, if I asked you like, where does your client live? What would your answer be? I don't know. <laughs> that would be my answer. Like, I don't know. So, for example, for they, me. They, yeah, for, I, I actually, let me take, let me back up for that a sec. Like, generally speaking, I, for me, I think it's a little different because I'm not targeting, like, clients where I live because I'm not doing client work in the same way. So I'm thinking about my business a little bit differently since it's selling an online course for the most part. Right. But your client would have to live somewhere where they have online access. Yes, this is very true. And, <laughs> and by and large, like my clients live in the United States. Um, right. I don't have more detailed data on that. I could possibly get more detailed data on that. Uh, but one See, of the things... It's, mm -hmm. it's like if someone from, let's say, China mm -hmm. came to you, they mm -hmm. would have to be living in an area where they speak English, right? right? Because you're not translating your courses. Right. So they would have to speak English. Mm -hmm. They would have to live somewhere where they have internet access. Mm -hmm. They would have to be living somewhere where there's a population where they can use photography to create an income, right? Because you're teaching them how to photograph. And most people coming to you are wanting to do it as a business. So you can start narrowing it down. Mm -hmm by that. Okay. And how, how much of this, because one of the things you were saying is um, like you're visualizing. So uh, how much of this is you picturing the, the client you want to work with and how much of this is you or us um, or anybody who's trying to do this um, trying to discover data about the clients that they already have or um, or, so or, go ahead. if you have the clients, if you already have clients, that's a great place to start, right? Because you look at it and you're like, okay, which one of my clients are the ones that I really want to work with? Mm -hmm. And which ones were the ones that I really enjoyed? Like where, where is my heart at? And then you can also see, okay, these are the clients that I really don't like. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to attract people like them. So if you already have like some kind of a client base, that's a great place to start. If you don't, then you have to purely visualize who you would want to work with. Okay, okay, um, okay. 
so having having some clients or having some kind of I mean all of us have client interactions right we all have human interactions whether you're like going to a restaurant or you're out shopping whatever you know the type of people there are in the world so like which ones do you want to work with do you want to work with people who you know are caring and giving or do you want to work with people who you know are really driven and focused do you want to work with people who are more you know as we call them crunchy like hippy dippy <laughs> or do you want to work with more people who are conservative and like old school and traditional mm-hmm. it all comes down to where do you feel like you can connect with people the best okay so so if you have no clients you're visualizing the client that you want to work mm-hmm. with and the and the questions help you um, create that visualization and identify the traits that you're looking for in your ideal client. Yep. And if you have clients, you can use your interactions with those clients to start identifying the traits that you are looking for and the traits that you are not looking for. And exactly. that can be a supplement to the visualization and augment yeah. it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Okay. That's good. I think that's, I think that's really important because I know in the past I've, I've, I've had some sort of worksheet or exercise thing that was trying to get me to do that exact thing. And I just couldn't, I couldn't complete it because for me, the way it was presented and broken down um, didn't address those kinds of questions. It was just sort of like, you know, how much money do they make? Well, how the fuck do I know? Right. (laughs) You know, (laughs) exactly. And so it is obviously, it's also going to be slightly different. So one of the things that like I identify with my ideal clients for pretty much all across, like my actual shooting, like studio business is like, where do they shop for groceries? Like, Mm -hmm. are they going to, you know, the local Kroger or are they going to Whole Foods or are they having their groceries delivered? Um, Because all of those, you know, give me different factors, right? Like if Mm -hmm. they're going to Kroger, like, okay, like everyone goes to Kroger. Um, But if they're going to Whole Foods, then they're valuing what they put in their body a little bit more, baby, or they think that organic is better or whatever. Not that it's better or worse, but it also, and it also tells me that they have more money. Mm-hmm. So if you're shopping at Whole Foods exclusively, you are definitely spending more on groceries than you're if you're shopping at your local grocery store. Right. Um, or if you're having groceries delivered, like that tells me that you're busy and you value your time. And so you don't mind spending, you know, extra $10, $15, whatever the, gro- the delivery fee is. To, to save the time. To save the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe, you know, you have kids at home or whatever it is. Um, so all of these things tell me different aspects of who this person is. Like, where do they vacation? Do mm-hmm. they, you know, do they like to go to the beach or do they like to go to the mountains? The other thing that this is going to tell you is where they are. So where are you going to find these clients? Um, if someone, my client drinks coffee and wine because that's where I find them, right? I find them at coffee shops. I find them at, like, we have a little winery close by, like a little wine cellar thing. Um, I find them at places where they serve alcohol. So there's a wine bar. There's, like, a brewery right down the street. Um, I want to know where my clients hang out. I want to know who she is and where she hangs out so that I can figure out who I need to cross-promote with and where I need to be 
to be in front of these clients. Okay. Okay. So we need to identify the clients mm -hmm. and we have the worksheet for that. We posted the link to that. Yep. And the questions in there are one part visualization. And if you have clients, one part client research, essentially. Yep. And then uh, once you've identified your ideal client, we have a next step. But before we do that, we have a few comments um, that I want to just quickly follow up on from folks. Um, Tim had a question for you. Tim said, I'm a tech nerd. He said, do you have a database for your contacts, uh, i.e. something that keeps track of the age, income, et cetera, or is it simply just like your contacts on your phone? So how, how are you managing that? So I use a program called Tave. And it's my studio management program. It lets me create profiles in there um, for each one of my clients. And we can actually post I'll a link it. to it. Yep, go ahead. Um, in fact, here, I can I can send it to you because there's a referral link. Um, okay. And what Tave does is it can keep track of birthdays, their job, their email, their whatever you want. And there's a note section. But it also helps me, like, I can email through them. I can, when I set up their appointments, it's all through there. It'll send me reminders. It'll automate email to them, like their um, session confirmations, all that. It keeps track of my invoicing. It keeps track of my expenses. Like, it literally is... Client relationship management. The best thing ever yeah it is that's exactly what it is and you can keep track of all of that now i don't necessarily um oh my gosh um i don't necessarily always put in all that information but one of the things that i do do with my clients is i make sure that i um i keep track of when our session was when um if they have any anniversaries or things like that. So if I photographed a wedding, I obviously know when their anniversary is. And I will send them little cards. I will send them gifts. I will send them a voucher to come back in for sessions. And I use that a lot. And Tave will actually remind you. Now, if you don't want to spend the money on it, you can also use something like Google Calendar and put mm -hmm. all that information in there or even just like Google Contacts. Um, and put that, I think, um, was it Shane that was saying he keeps track of pretty much everyone and anyone? Yes. Um, and they, uh, you know, they'll reach out to them at certain times in their lives and say, hey, you know, how's it going? One of the things I do is I'll reach out to my clients um, in my slow season um, and just check in with them. Like, even if it's like, hey, like, I, you know, the kids are back in school. Hope you're doing great. Like, let's go grab a coffee. Some of my clients that, you know, have been with me for years and things like that, I will reach out to them and invite them to coffee or like, hey, you know, let's go have lunch, especially if they're people who have referred a lot of clients to me and who um, have spent a lot of money with me. Like, I love treating my clients to a couple coffee or a glass of wine or lunch because it keeps building that relationship and then they send more people like them to me because mm -hmm. they send their friends okay okay so the other comment was just a couple of follow-ups i think we'll save those to the end because they're a little bit there they go back to the beginning of the show and i think we should keep on track with uh which is 
what do we do? We've identified the ideal client. We've, we've filled out the worksheet. We've got a profile or a picture to work with. Uh, what do we do with that? How do we use that to grow our business? So this is where it goes back to our last episode about relationship marketing. And once you have your list, I always sit down and I do this. Like I honestly do this every like once a quarter, I would say, but at least twice a year. So like every six months I sit down and I go through. And nowadays, because I do have a client base, I do go through and look at, okay, who did I work with? Who did I like? Where do I feel like I produced the best work and who spent the most money? And so once I identify those four things, I can see like, you know, the handful of clients that fit that all, all of those categories. And once I have that, I look at, okay, does this client still fit my client avatar? Like do, you know, some people get so specific as to like, okay, I only want to work with blondes. Okay, are they blonde? <laughs> you know, <laughs> blonde, blue-eyed, whatever, whatever that person is. But like, sit down and visualize that person. Like, turn them into one person. Give them a name if you have to. They can be your imaginary friend. Um, but really get to know them, and then ask, like, okay, where do you hang out? Do you go to the local gym? Do you have kids that are at the local? gymnastics club do you you know go get your nails done once a week and hang out at the nail salon figure out where this client goes what are their patterns do they have a nine to five job and from there do they go to pick up their kids and from there they go to the grocery store so once you identify their pattern of what they do this sounds really stalkerish, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like you're stalking this client. Um, once you identify like where they're going and you're stalked them enough, then you can also identify the businesses that they associate with. Mm-hmm. So are they going to a specific personal trainer? Are they going to a specific coffee shop for you know X amount of hours? and spending their time working or hanging out with friends. Do they have kids who are in preschool? Um, Is it a local preschool? Can you work with that preschool? Can you work with that coffee shop? Can you work with that personal trainer? How can you build these relationships so that their clients become your clients? Mm -hmm. And that's where it goes. Okay, so what we're doing then is build the profile, and then essentially have a conversation with that profile and and figure out where and where that profile person goes and what they do. Exactly. And then from there, you try to establish relationships uh, and basically put yourself in the place that they are, whether it's being in that coffee shop and networking with them directly, possibly people in general or finding people that they work with, like the personal trainer, or, you know, maybe they have a regular hairdresser if it's a female client or, you know, a barber, if it's a male or something like that. And, and networking with the businesses that they, uh, frequent so that you can get those recommendations. Yep, exactly. And I mean, you don't even have to go that far. Initially, you can start out with, okay, who, who do I know personally mm-hmm. that has that is either friends with these people or has clients that are these people? So, like for me, um, one of my best friends owns a CrossFit gym. 
like that would be the first place I go. And her CrossFit gym is super family oriented. So let's say like I wanted to get family portraits. I would work with her to set up some kind of a promotion in her gym where it's benefiting both of us, right? Like she's serving her clients by providing them with a better service. Mm -hmm. And I can use those clients. And then I would provide her with marketing photos. In fact, it's something I've done when she first opened her gym. We did a bunch of like they did a bunch of competitions and I went out and I took a crap load of images that she still to this day uses for their marketing purposes we probably should update it but we've done videos for them like of their personal trainers of them training their different events like they do a big thing the um for memorial day the murph like their gym is one of the biggest ones that does events for this like people come from all across the state to her gym um, and so we make sure that we cover those things for her. I obviously don't charge her for it cause that's my marketing dollars mm-hmm. and then her members know me. And so now when it comes to any of her members wanting family portraits, they come to me and they are my ideal client. A CrossFit gym memberships are like a hundred to $150 a month. Um, these are people who really care about what they look like and their health and their well being. They are people typically with kids, like her gym is very family oriented. It's in the area that I live in and the area that my studio is in. Uh, You know, Parker in general is a pretty affluent area. So I know that median income here is where I want my target market to be. So finding those little businesses and like I can bet you anything that like we all have friends who have some kind of a connection like Mm -hmm. Let's think about it. Like all of our businesses start with small connections, right? So I think that a part of our challenge this week should be find one other local business who is in that same market or who is targeting the same client and figure out a way to work with them. I think that's a great addition to the challenge. And it'll it'll build on, you know, last week's mm-hmm. um, of finding three people. But, like, even if you can find just one, one business or one individual, um, who was it? Was it Frank that mm-hmm. it made Frank. the connection with the realtor? Like, yep. yep. You know, just it's it all it takes is, like, that one connection to get you to the next level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So just to recap again, we have to create the client profile. And once we've identified it, we have to identify what that client profile does, where they live, where they go, where they interact with. And then we want to try to establish relationships with those places or those people that those clients work with, those ideal clients. Yep. Okay. So that's really, when you think about it, obviously this is a radical simplification, but that's really three pretty simple steps. Number one, identify. Number two, learn about. And then number three, connect with. Like, mm-hmm. Right? That's pretty that's much it. it. Yeah, that's It's pretty it. simple. Like people make it out to be a lot more complicated. Like it's not. It's really, really simple. Mm-hmm. And I think probably a really important thing to think about here and realize is that um, y- you didn't... I'm assuming this, but I'm, I feel pretty confident that I'm 
that I'm correct. You didn't start with that fully formed, no. very detailed client profile, right? So you probably started with something that had broader strokes and, and less detail. I mean, in all honesty, I started out with, I will photograph whoever. <laughs> right, right. Like so, I, we talked about it, right? Like yeah. I want all the clients. Yep. I just, I just want clients and sometimes that's okay. And until you work with people, like you're going to have clients who are really great and you're going to have clients that are really not great. And so until you work with some of those, you're not going to be able to really pinpoint. Like I am 12 years in and I still get clients who I'm like, oh my God, how, how did you slip through? <laughs> how did you slip through? <laughs> through right. um, and so, you know, just initially it's, you don't have, you can't say yes to everyone. I mean, right. it might be a little painful, but if you know in your mind that like, okay, like this is just a stepping stone. I'm going to get to my ideal client. I will find it. It is a process. Like understand it's a process and be okay with it being a process and you will get there. All right. So take it, take it one step at a time. Start broad. You don't have to have the detail because this is something you can refine as you go. And you were saying that you refine this on a monthly basis. You review the clients you've quarterly, with, essentially quarterly. Okay. So yeah. refine this on, on some sort of a periodic uh, time frame, something that works for you. But I think quarterly is probably a really good place to start because that gives you enough time to mm -hmm. find clients based on your current profile, see how those clients work, and then refine the pro profile based upon the clients that you've worked with in that quarter. Right. Okay. Yep. All right. I want to take a real quick break here and tell people about our merch store. Should we do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I keep forgetting we have one. <laughs> We've got a merch store. So uh, we wanted to just take a minute and let you guys know about it. You can find the merch store at shp.photo slash bizmerch. And if you want to support the show, support what we're doing here uh, and help us make these podcasts and live streams happen you could go to that store and you could pick up a mug unfortunately they don't have wine glasses so we had to make our own wine glasses but you could get yourself a coffee mug or a t-shirt or a hoodie or a pillow if you wanted who doesn't want a pillow right <laughs> or a phone case uh, for your Samsung or iPhone uh, pins I think we should both get pins are and wear our pins yes, when we're doing the stream so. I think that would be pretty awesome. We uh, should also wear them at ClickCon. Yes, we should. We should absolutely do that. And uh, if you wanted to do that, check it out and pick up some merch to help us out. We'd appreciate that. However, if merch doesn't work for you, which we totally get, right? Because we're here trying to build our businesses. Businesses are about making money, and sometimes the money is tight, and merch doesn't work. You can't spend the money. That's totally fine. What you could also do is just let people know. Invite them to right. join the Facebook group along with us where uh, we have these live streams. Tell them about the podcast and about the show and let let people know that you, find, you think would be helped by this about us so that they can come and join and learn and grow with us. Yeah, we would really, really appreciate that, yes. guys. Yeah, any kind of support. And honestly, word of mouth, right? Like yeah. we talk about it. So Absolutely. I, yeah, we would, we would love you even more <laughs> if you know you just you invite a couple of friends to the group, um, especially if you have other friends who are business owners. Like they don't have to be photographers. Like the things that we talk about can be applied to any business. So yes, yes, bring Absolutely. them over. 
Yep. So please, please check out the merch if it works for you. If not, tell people about us and about the podcast. And uh, we'd love to help as many people as we can. Uh, so before we get to the challenge, I just wanted to, to quickly catch up on a couple of comments. Um, this goes back to the follow-up at the beginning, but I think these are still really worth sharing, which is um, with my wife's success and her uh, being quoted on the back of that book, a national book being listed as a national author. She said uh, that came after five years of networking, which goes back to what we talked about last week and the fact that sometimes the relationships may pay dividends immediately, like Frank's did with that realtor who, right. who offered to start suggesting clients right away. That's amazing. Sometimes it takes three, four, five years before something amazing happens, but the payoffs are still worth building those relationships for. So right. always keep that in mind. And then going back to our question for everybody about their client profiles, Drew shared that his client profile is someone who has who is stable in their living situation and that have a commitment to where they are living for the next few years. They also have a defined sense of style but are open to ideas. They tend to be in more of white collar jobs and don't have a lot of time to spend making their own DIY items, but they watch DIY types of shows. So they're attracted hey, to like DIY me. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So that's me. That's, that Zara is one of your ideal clients there, Drew. <laughs> well, just like, uh, you know, I have my um, house cleaners here right now. And like, they, I am their ideal client because I love a clean house, but mm -hmm. I don't have the time to spend hours cleaning. And right. so there you go, like middle class, white female, <laughs> right, who is busy working and taking care of a kid and stuff. So it's, it's actually not very hard to identify, like, what is the problem that your business can solve? Mm -hmm. And who has those problems? Right, right. All right. So with that in mind, What's the challenge? Because just like last week and going forward, we want to challenge you every week to act on this. Because if you don't act on it, your business isn't going to grow and you're just going to keep spinning your wheels. And that's not what we want to see. So Zara, tell us about the challenge and tell us what we want everybody to do. Uh, so I want you guys to go download the uh, ideal client form. And the link is in the chat and we'll put it in the podcast notes too. Mm -hmm. So download the form. It's completely free and fill it out. I want you to like print it out and hand write in your, um, your answers. And then I want you to take a picture and post it in the group. You can take a picture of just the filled out form, or you can take a picture of your ideal client, or if you want to take a picture and then type out who your ideal client is. Like I want to meet each one of your ideal clients. You can even give them a name, like name them. In fact, Sam, let, yeah, I mean, let's <laughs> do, do name them, give them a name. I think everybody should give them a name. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. So name your, figure out who your ideal client is and name them. And I want you guys to tell us a story of like who they are. Like, what do they look like? Where do they live? What do they drive? How many kids do they have? Do they travel? Do they not travel? Are they an introvert? Are they an extrovert? Like get as detailed as possible about your ideal client and then find one, identify one business in your area 
that you can potentially work with. You don't have to contact them or anything like that, but one business or one individual that has that same target market and post those in the group. Mm -hmm. And then next week when we go into creating your marketing plan, we can take that and it'll be so much easier for you to identify how to create a marketing plan when you know who you're marketing to versus it being like willy nilly, just, I'm going to market to everyone. Right. You don't want to. You don't want to market with a shotgun. You want to market with a sniper rifle. Right. Exactly. Yep. All right. So uh, that's the challenge. And once again, do this thing. We cannot stress enough that you need to do this thing because if you don't do this thing, whether it's this week or whether it's two weeks from now, do it. We want you to do it. We want you to report back to the group because we want you to grow your business and be successful and achieve the goals that you want to achieve. And if uh, you guys do get stuck on like answering a question, so for example, like Spiros was saying, like you, you're looking at it and you're like, I don't know how to answer this question. Ask us, like I am more than happy to help. Spiros is more than happy to help. Like ask us in the group, yep. there'll be someone in the group who is more than happy to help. In fact, like if you guys haven't noticed, like that group actually has some phenomenal photographers and phenomenal business owners. Mm -hmm. And if you need help, you can ask. We're all more than happy to help. Mm -hmm. And also remember that you can start broader. Get as detailed as you possibly can. But if it's broad when you start, that's fine. Start with something. It's better to have something than to have nothing to work with because you can refine this later on. Absolutely. All right. So we had some questions too, so we're gonna switch over from the main topic and uh, hit the questions that we've gotten in the group this past week. And the first one came from Harry, and Harry was wondering, he said, someone asked me to do a mini session, and what exactly is that? And I would add to the question, um, what is good and not good or are mini sessions good or not good? So Zara, I'll let you handle that. I know what a mini session is, but I've never done mini so, sessions. Mini sessions are actually phenomenal if done in the right way. So the idea of a mini session came, like a long, long explanation short, is the idea of a mini session is that you take one day or two days, like a weekend, and you knock out session after session after session after session. Usually they're like 15 to 20 minutes long. Um, and they are at a very entry price point. So for example, my session fees start at $300 in general. 300 and up is my session fee. If I did a mini session, it would be like $100 for the session, but they're only getting 15 to 20 minutes. The setup is in the same place. So like I would be in my studio or we would do like a great example is Santa minis. I've done Santa minis right around Christmas time for years um, for our charity that we work with. And the way we do it is we have Santa come in. It's all set up in our studio. And every 15 minutes, a new person comes in. We snap, you know, however many photos we need of the first one, switch them out. And we can do anywhere from, you know, 10 to 20 people a day, sometimes more. If you are doing it that way, you're getting them in at an entry price point with the idea that you are going to upsell them later. I have clients, I have one-on-one um, -on -one mentoring clients who kill it with mini sessions. They're working, you know, two weekends a, a month and bringing in, you know, $10,000. It's incredible if done correctly. Where I feel like a lot of people have gone wrong is now mini sessions are seen as shorter sessions and people will do them as like 
standalone sessions, which if you have the right setup for it, could potentially work for you. Like I know um, Darcy commented on this question and said, well, for her, she does it for clients who are last minute or like don't have enough time to do a full session. And so she'll do a mini session and she can do three of them in one day at a $1,200 average. If you can set it up where your sale is going to be big enough to justify it, absolutely. Like less time, more money, yes. Um, however, people think that if it's a mini session, they're going to get a 30-minute session with you know 10 to 20 images. So they're getting the full session experience for, for less mini money. Price. That's what like our industry has taught the consumer is that this is what a mini session is but it's not a mini session is where you're banging them out one after the other and making more money so for example for me like if i do a day of minis i need to be breaking a minimum of 45 to 4800 dollars to justify it because that's what i would get from a wedding and so if i have 10 clients 480 bucks a client done that's easy for me so if you set it up correctly mini sessions are amazing however if you don't set it up correctly then you can really get trapped into this vicious cycle of you're doing mini sessions and actually losing money and it's probably worth noting it should go without saying but i i, I think it's worth saying that when you're doing these mini sessions you also have to be careful that you are not targeting the wrong clients even if you're doing mini sessions which are going to be at a discounted rate you still want to target your ideal client. uh yes because, absolutely yeah yeah because so, they're the ones who are going to spend and the whole idea of mini sessions is one it's it's a service to your client right so it's family photos or whatever it is done fast painlessly and delivered to them at an affordable price, but it's also a marketing tool for you. Like it's putting you in front of other people who can come back to you. So one of my clients who I adore, her business model is primarily mini sessions. And what she does is she works with a lot of mops groups and she will do specific mini sessions for the mops. So moms come in with their kids, for example, she just did like a mommy and me one for Mother's Day. She got 30 new clients between two days. So she had some of her old clients come back and 30 new clients that are now she's booking into her fall schedule for full family sessions. So now she has 30 new families that she can market to for those fall sessions. And her averages too from her minis are, I want to say the last time we checked her numbers, they were like 650 bucks a, a client from her minis and she charges anywhere from 75 to 95 dollars for the session fee for her minis um, but people are upgrading to the full albums and things like that so she's actually making really good money and she's getting clients for later but now if someone's just coming to you on price point they're probably not going to be a returning client mm -hmm. our second question came from frank and frank was wondering what our opinion is on business cards and how you should use them. Uh, I think some people get the idea that business cards aren't as important anymore because we live in this, you know, digital world and and everything is online and on the internet and all of this kind of stuff. But I think that's a mistake. 
uh, especially if you, <clears throat> excuse me, think about what we were talking about last week, which is in-person marketing, which was also part of what we were talking about this week. Uh, right. You, you can't, you can, sure, you can in-person market without a business card, but if you don't have a business card, you're not going to have an easy way to leave your information behind. Right. And the other issue with business cards is, uh, not issue, but the other advantage of business cards is if you do something that is unique, and it doesn't have to be unique, and I want to stress this, it doesn't have to be unique. Uh, a plain Jane business card uh, that just has your information on it gets the job done. But if you can do a little extra with your business card, that can leave a little extra impact. And that can be a very positive thing. And, and a quick example before I turn it over to you, Zara, is uh, my business cards, I should have I had some with me. Um, on the front, the, the image is, is uh, a photo and then my information. And then on the back of my business card, I have four different variations. And on the back, it's just one of my images. And when I was at WPPI uh, back in February, trying to do my in-person marketing and meeting with people and talking to them, I had a number of people comment about the fact that I had different pictures on the back of my business cards. And I had several people actually ask me for four of my business cards because they wanted all four of the images. And that is something that sticks in people's minds and it makes them remember you. Uh, and then they have your information handy. So yep. business cards are still incredibly valuable business and networking tools. And, and again, whether it's something that's fancy or something that's just very simple that has your information, it's a tool that you should have in your toolkit as a business owner. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I actually used to do the same thing where I had different images on all of my business cards. This is what my business cards look like now. Mm -hmm. um, they're really simple, really clean. Um, and I went to this purely because this like this identifies my work and what I value, right? I like simple, clean, classic, like this is what my work looks like. And the reason I also went to a card without an image is purely because I shoot so many different things <laughs> that it was like I had to pick and choose which cards I gave out. Because right. if I was talking to someone about high school senior photos, I didn't want to give them an image with a boudoir image on it. Or if I was talking to a wedding client, I didn't want to give them like a headshot one. So that was the reason why I went to this. Um, and, you know, it's it's super simple. It has my logo on it. Um, absolutely finest in artistic portraiture was like our go-to. And so at some point I'll probably change it a little bit. Um, but just simple, boring, like as long as they have your name and number. Now I know I mentioned like business cards are super cheap. Like you can go to Vistaprint and get like a thousand cards for five bucks. Yeah. But spending a little bit more on cards from like Moo or somewhere like that where it feels nice is it's really advantageous because like I know when I hand my card to people, people are like, oh, mm -hmm. these are nice. And especially when like Moo was newer and I started using them and people hadn't like really gotten into it, they would be like, oh, my God, your card feels really soft. Like your card's really thick and it leaves an impression, right? It yeah. leaves an impression on people and that's what you want to do. Yeah. Now, there is like this point that I want to make really quickly before we're done um, is that you can – look like a business or you can be a business. Mm -hmm. So if having like, if it's between ordering business cards and spending money to go out and shoot, mm 
spend the money to go out and shoot. Because having a business card makes you look like you're a business, but doesn't necessarily mean you're making money. Right. Again, it's such a low cost item that I feel like everyone should have it. Mm -hmm. But that being said, like know where you're spending your money. If you're not making money, if you're not profitable, you're not a business. Right, right, right. That's very, very true. That's a really excellent point. Yeah, don't spend the money to look like a business. Spend the money strategically to be a business. All right, so uh, we should quickly wrap this up. I don't think we have any more questions in the chat. Oh, Andre says, I use Moo.com for my business cards, and I also use Moo for my business cards, and everybody remarks upon the heft and the weight and the feel of them yep. because they really are – they are more expensive, clearly, but they're not, like, right. stupid expensive. Uh, and they have a really premium feel, which, which yep. people appreciate. Which I really feel like that's something that – like I would spend my money. I would spend my money on a website first mm-hmm. and then cards, but those would be the two things that absolutely are going to make you a lot. It's going to make it a lot more easy to market and get those clients in the door. Right. Um, one of the tips that I have for people who are starting out is I used to, and I still do. If I see someone out and about, like let's say I am shopping and I see someone that I would really like to photograph I'll hand them a card and say, hey, I'm a local photographer. I would love to photograph you. If you're interested, give me a call mm-hmm. or, you know, send me an email. And I've actually gotten a lot of people who've come to me like purely because I've reached out to them. And typically on stuff like that, like I do it, like if I see someone that I really want to photograph, I want to photograph them for my portfolio. So like right. I work out a deal with them. Um, but it's a really great way to like not be creepy (laughs) about approaching people like hey here's my business card i'm a photographer would love to photograph you contact me if you'd like right right. so all right so we should probably wrap this up Uh, i actually wanted to pose a question to uh, those of you watching live and if you're listening to the podcast uh, this question is for you as well Uh, and you can uh, message me or zara directly or you can join the facebook group and uh and respond there and if you're wondering about the facebook group because we've had a couple people watching on our facebook pages who aren't aware uh, of the group it is the success is a seven letter word facebook group on facebook obviously and you can quickly find it by going to shp.photo slash success that will take you right to the group where you can request to join and uh one of us will approve you as part of the group So the question I have is um, a tech-related question. That is to say, uh, one of the things you suggested spending money on Zara is a website. And websites can cost a lot of money. They can cost a little money. A lot of people look at website builders and other things like that. Would you guys be interested in um, tech shows where we take you through some of the technical aspects of doing these things? Like how would you go about securing a website and what do you need to do to do that? Um, you know, how do you set up an email list? This was something that we talked about before. Uh, so let us know in the chat or if you're listening on the podcast, join the group and let us know in the group if these are types of shows that you'd be interested in. Uh, also, real quick, just want to uh, plug one more time the merch store and let you know that any support you guys could give us would be appreciated. If you want to check out the merch store, it's at shp.photo slash merch. And if the merch isn't something that will work for you, uh, any support you can give us by sharing uh, the podcast or the stream, by inviting people to the Facebook group, 
that would be helped by these shows would be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, oh, LinkedIn is awesome. Also, an excellent place to market. On uh, I, that's something that I've never used. That's an interesting point, Sarah. We should maybe talk about that. LinkedIn. I am not super good with LinkedIn, but it definitely is. Like, I think there's a lot of potential, and I've seen people be really successful with using LinkedIn. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's something that I definitely want to get more into too. Okay. So next week, we're going to be talking about creating a marketing plan. And this is, as you can, you if you haven't noticed, we're trying to take this through a logical progression, right? So you if you're going to create a marketing plan, you need to know who you're marketing to. Because like we said earlier, you want to market like a sniper and not like uh, a shotgun. And so that's what we're going to be talking about next week. In addition, we have some pretty exciting news, which is that Starting on June 17th, we are launching a podcast-only exclusive show. So if you are not subscribed to our podcast, you absolutely should be subscribed. And you can find the podcast on Anchor or any of your most popular podcast players, Overcast on iOS or Stitcher or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, you can find it. Just search for Business Windup. And what we're going to be doing is a case study taking me through building a studio business because as you guys have learned from this process so far on these shows I don't have one my business has been the educational side of things that's where I started uh, but I'm going to start building a studio business and Zara is going to guide me through it and those podcast exclusives are going to be literally me going through these processes step by step and then working with Zara to execute on all of this stuff. So we'd love to have you join us there on the podcast. Yeah, it'll be fun. And it also will be a great way for you guys to follow those same steps. So it's something that I, you know, charge people a lot of money for and you guys would get it for free. Mm -hmm. So make sure you follow the podcast and and help yeah. us out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. And help and us out, help you out. Exactly, exactly. And I'm really excited for the first step because the first step is going to be well, you you tell you tell them what the first step is because you you know what you're doing and, <laughs> wow. and what you're taking me through. <laughs> so initially when we meet with a client, we kind of di dissect their business and see where they are, what they're doing, and where they want to be. And then from there, we set up goals. So my typical suggestion for when you're setting up goals is look five years into the future, five to 10 years into the future. Where are you? Who are you? What do you want to be? Where is your business? And we set up goals that are monetary. We set up goals that are personal. And then we set up goals that are fun. Um, and then we break them down into baby steps because it's really great to have a goal of, oh, I'm going to make $100,000 this year. But how? How do we get there? And once you break it down into these like baby steps, it is so much easier because a lot of times, you know, it's like, I just got to make, you know, 300 bucks a day and they'll get me to where I want to be. Or, you know, I need to contact four people in a week and they'll get me where I want to be. Um, and so breaking them down into these baby steps is kind of what we're going to do. But initially, we're going to talk about goal setting and how we structure um, not only the business, but like your personal life to fit the lifestyle that you want in five, 10 years. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then build from there. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Any last words you want to add here, Zara, 
before we nope. wrap this up. Nope. I think I think we're good. I'm looking forward to next week and I'm looking forward to seeing all of your ideal client worksheets and let's get let's get a visual of who who we want to be marketing to. Yep, I'm really excited to see the um, ideal clients and I'm going to I'm going to do this myself for the studio business that I want to start building. So I'll be posting mine in the group and I look forward to seeing every one of yours in the group as well. Yep. I'll do one too. Awesome. Cause it's, it's right about time for me to, to do it again. So perfect. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much everybody for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, one last quick plug, check out our merch store. If you want to support us with some merch at shp.photo slash bizmerch or share us and let other people know. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next week when we talk about creating a marketing plan. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thank Cheers. you so much.